trying to disguise yourself as a worker bee. That's you trying to blend in with the hive. But you're not a worker bee. You're a renegade killer bee. Killer bee. Killer Viceberg Slim. I will chop your heads off! Welcome to In Broad Daylight, a politics and news podcast with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Louise Parada, and Ian Forty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to In Broad Daylight, a politics and news podcast. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I am one of your hosts, but I also have two other hosts. Race to say your name first. Oh, I got. I even got my whole name in. Yeah, I don't. That still felt like more of a tie than usual, though. I, I, Ian's catching on. Yeah, Ian is catching up. Ian, how are you doing? You talk first this time. <laughs> doing, doing all right. Even though the world is absolutely insane. Oh, is it? But what else is new? Yeah, I had no idea. Lewis, how are you? I'm doing very well, sir. I, I, how are you doing? Oh man, sir, thriving. Eh. That's a that's a word I heard on the Netflix series alone, which is actually a History Channel series about people who just get dropped in the middle of the woods and then they have to either survive or give up or get eaten by wolves. And uh, some woman on there said the word sir thriving last night. <laughs> so you're not just surviving. So, yeah, I would rather just talk about the show alone for an hour because it's uh, a lot more lighthearted subject matter than what we are talking about. How that? How how's that for a segue? Huh? The segue brought to you by Segway. Segway when you need a segue. Segway. <laughs> hey, do they still make those? You know the the either the founder or the CEO of that company literally <laughs> drove a Segway <laughs> off a cliff and died. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't laugh, but you have to laugh. Oh, you yeah. must laugh. Yeah. I bet even he had a little giggle on the way down. <laughs> a comedian friend of mine named Annie Letterman was doing a show. I think it was at the Comedy Store uh, or the Hollywood Improv, one of the two. And Microsoft's Paul Allen and his wife were in the audience. So after the show, all the comedians were like, shit, we got to go out in the parking lot and see what these two rich fucks are driving and they go out and Paul Allen and his wife hop on segways and ride off into the Hollywood <laughs> night. Of course they did. Yeah, it is, it is the preferred vehicle of the, uh, the, the, the tech dork. I bet when they got out of sight, those things just like took off into the air, like fucking <laughs> hypersonic speed back to Seattle or wherever they were going. It's like the end of Greece. <laughs> Oh, simpler times. Like I said, the world's on fire right now. Uh, Ian, are there are there lots of protests in Canada? Have they has that you happened yet? There are some protests in Canada. Toronto got on board pretty quick. Um, it was also kind of like a tangential. Is that, yeah. Anyway, uh, like because there had been a uh, a trans woman who died in Toronto um, around the same time that all the protests in the U.S. started and. That kind of got folded in, um, but they're uh, continuing it. And they're also going through, you know, much smaller towns as well. It's pretty much all around the world, it looks like now. I mean, which is remarkable. I've never seen anything like it before, and I don't think anyone else has either. No, definitely not. 
I I did like the I don't have it in the notes, but there was a moment this past week where Justin Trudeau was asked about Trump and his response <laughs> to protesters. And yeah. one, he waits about yeah, four and a half minutes <laughs> of pure unadulterated silence before he says a single <laughs> word in response to that question. Yeah, it just it just broke his brain for a second there. Yeah, and then when he did, I, I believe he said something like, well, I don't want to criticize the president of the United States over his response to protesters. It's like, oh, good to know Canada's going to be tear gassing motherfuckers soon. <laughs> I wonder how much in that pause is the... Um like the, the, the calculus of like weighing do i want to deal with this motherfucker tweeting at me and calling me sh- calling me fucking names like he's a child for the next like at least eight hours before he tuckers himself out and he falls into a, to a stupor you know what it looked like was probably going through his mind before deciding to answer was all of those pictures of him in blackface <laughs> yeah he, he was thinking about that <laughs> how much of a limb do i want to go out on right now given my past history yeah especially with trump too because trump would have just retweeted those pictures probably oh yeah easy easy win so since we've brought up protests that's most of what we're talking about this episode should we get to our first segment sure we should it's a segment we call fashion they just said it on the, the song i didn't even need to say it myself that's how ahead of the curve we are at this podcast this is a segment where we talk about fascism because it's so fucking popular right now and it's coming our way fade it out brett thank you brett's off camera right now no one can see him anyway antifa william barr he has designated antifa as a terrorist group basically because we all remember trump tweeted about designating antifa a terrorist group like a week or so ago right mm-hmm. of course yeah. It burned into our memories. <laughs> and at the time, everyone was just kind of like, well, they're not a group and you can't just do that anyway. But William Barr can do it. And he did. Not long after Trump tweeted that, William Barr and the DOJ issued a statement claiming that outside agitators were causing violence at these protests, but only called out one group specifically, and that was Antifa. In the closing sentence of the statement, Barr said this, the violence instigated and carried out by Antifa and other similar groups in connection with the rioting is domestic terrorism and will be treated accordingly. That's pretty fucking scary. Yeah, meanwhile, aren't white supremacists, uh, or at least the KKK, not uh, considered a terrorist group yet? Correct. But. Those are actually organized groups, whereas saying you're Antifa is kind of like saying you're hungry or horny or something. It's just <laughs> not. It's yeah. You don't have a membership card there, but it's whatever. like being uh, it's like being Team uh, Jacob and Team <laughs> Wolfman, whatever from Twilight. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just shouting a thing into the universe and declaring you're 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 a part of a, a faction. It it doesn't really mean it. There's no membership card. I have not received my Antifa membership card yet, and I'm furious. Did anyone see the fake Antifa training manual that was going around? Yeah, that thing pops up every once in a while. I love that there's like even a coffee ring on the outside of it, <laughs> at least the version I saw. It's like no one's drinking coffee that way anymore, at least not Antifa tweens or whatever, whoever you think is writing shit like that. 
They're drinking their e-coffee now. No rings. <laughs> and there's also this part in William Barr's statement. To identify criminal organizers and instigators and to coordinate federal resources with our state and local partners, federal law enforcement is using our existing network of 56 regional FBI joint terrorism task forces. I tried to sound happy reading that. Because uh, it's actually pretty, again, pretty fucking horrifying. Well, that's happy as William Barr was when he wrote it. Oh, yeah. He probably came when he wrote that. Mm-hmm. And, and like, usually you have to sit and wait to figure out what uh, a sentence like that means. Like, what, what do you mean you're going to use FBI to investigate this? But we already know what it means. The FBI is fucking interrogating protesters to find out, among other things, what their views on anti-fascism are, <laughs> which sort of implies that if you have positive views on fascism, it's fine. It's freedom, Adam. They're, they're against freedom. That's true. Our freedom to beat people senseless and to have a police state. Yeah, it it really is alarming when the government starts throwing the word terrorism around because depending on how they make these connections between Antifa and actual people, like even supporting that shit on the internet is going to cause you a lot of problems. And I feel like I know a lot of people, myself included, who have probably voiced support for Antifa in some way on the internet in the past. So under this, our motherfucker is going to be like rounded up and talked to about their internet history because we did just also pass a thing in the midst of coronavirus where the FBI can now monitor your browsing history without a warrant. So how far are we from a bunch of arrests because of these protests? Well, uh, if all of the the leaked rumors are to be believed that 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 uh, all the Republican Party is. Uh, kind of gearing toward a Trump loss, just in case, then I think they're probably going to fast track this kind of thing to create a villain as soon as possible. So it's probably not surprising at all to find if we were to find out that this is happening already, that there are already people that have been rounded up and already been spoken to. Um, and will continue to until a grand villain can be unmasked. Like, a, like they're, they're trying to I wouldn't doubt that they're trying to pin this on like a Cobra commander type figure, like the head of Antifa. And like it's a faceless organization of people who just like on a random Tuesday decided to punch a Nazi. Like it's it's not an organ, a real organization like the KKK is. Uh, they're going to invent a bad guy as much as they can because they need a villain to pin everything on because everything sucks. And that's the only thing this administration is good at is finding a villain and most of the time they have to invent one out of thin air and then attacking them relentlessly until everyone is convinced, oh, yeah, maybe they are the villain. I mean, why would you put in so much effort if they didn't suck? Yeah, it seems like they're very determined to use these protests as a means to round up radicals, whether the radicals in question are involved in the activities they're accused of or not. It still seems like that's what Trump is gearing up for. And it seems like just people on the left, because we know motherfuckers on the right have been involved in actual violence when it comes to these protests. Someone in Seattle just drove his car into a bunch of protesters and got out and started shooting at people. I think he killed a couple people. Mm hmm. But when even when Trump is asked about that, 
he just says Antifa. He was directly asked that at one point and said, no, I just, I've only heard that Antifa is involved. I've heard nothing about white nationalists. And it's like, it's on the news. Like, it's fucking everywhere. Not in the bunker. Oh, the bunker. I can't wait to talk about the bunker. Hitler had a bunker, you know. You, you don't say. What do you think is in Trump's bunker? Is there is there like just provisions, like like a lot of like cheese balls? Yeah, probably like a freeze dried Big Mac kit, <laughs> and like a vacuum seal. Yeah, you open it and like it's like a Back to the Future kind of the food hydrates on its own. Bunch of Diet Coke syrup and bottled carbonated water. <laughs> Fucking massive supplies of Diet Coke. I mean, that sounds kind of cool, actually. I'm going to the bunker. Yeah. He had to go twice, I think. What a fucking idiot. So the reason we know the NYPD and the FBI are interrogating protesters is there have been stories about it. There was one in Univision where a protester talked about being interrogated about his views on anti-fascism by the NYPD. Then The Intercept reported on the story of a protester named Joel Feingold, who basically was taken to the NYPD's 78th precinct, and he was cited for violating the city's curfew, but then interrogated by the FBI about his political beliefs. And that is actually a a violation of his constitutional rights. It's even a violation of NYPD rules, but with the extreme threat of Joel Feingold staring down the country's face. We have to take extraordinary measures, I guess. So he was interrogated as a terrorist, basically, as were four other people who were arrested with him for violating curfew. So they're clearly trying to pin anything they can on the radical left in this country. Yeah, either that or they profoundly don't understand the anger of all of this and they don't understand how it could viscerally and violently uh, uh, manifest and they're just that stupid. And neither of those options is particularly good. It, it either means you're, uh, you're a fascist police state or you're just fucking dense. And you don't get why this would happen. Yeah. And you would have to be so dense to not understand why people are so angry. Like, my God. I mean, just since the protest started, there have been like five more videos. I, I think <laughs> the people killed in them, the, the black men killed in them. I think in at least two of them also say I can't breathe. Like, how many fucking times can you keep putting out these same videos and expecting people to just be cool with it? Like if any other group in this country was just killing people on a regular basis, as long as they weren't white nationalists, we'd probably do something about it immediately. But because these are police and also probably a lot of white nationalists, we don't do shit about it. It's fucking nuts. Of course people are mad. And I feel like the government expected a lot of people to see those early images of looting like especially for a while there in la it looked like the fucking purge like la was getting torn the fuck up and i feel like the government expected people to see those images and be like oh no stop this right now so that doesn't come to my neighborhood and nope everyone's just mad about police terrorism as it turns out 
Uh, quick story. When all of the uh, protests were happening across the country and things were getting testy and violent and crazy, uh, here in Miami, the things were getting really rough downtown and it was a peaceful protest and cops just started firing tear gas into a crowd of people and it was chaos. It was absolute chaos. And then for some reason, an enormous professional firework display started going off in the middle of it. <laughs> Because one of the local city people, I don't know, maybe the mayor or something, had scheduled and refused to cancel a firework display in honor of frontline workers and the COVID-19 stuff (laughs) in the middle of it all. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, I liked when all the fireworks started going off while the third precinct in Minneapolis was burning. Yes, that was great. That was a fun image. The thing about Antifa, it's spreading to people, too, not just the government blaming Antifa terrorists for this. There was, this happened this week also, a family was temporarily trapped near a campsite after they were confronted by a group of locals in Washington state who accused them of being Antifa terrorists. The family included a husband and wife, their 16-year-old daughter, and the husband's mother, They'd been driving for seven hours when they decided to stop in the town of Forks to buy camping supplies. Because, of course, where else is a team of Antifa terrorists going to take their terrorist activities than to the town of Forks in Washington State? At the store, they were confronted by seven or eight carloads of people who repeatedly asked the family if they were Antifa. The family said no and got back on the road, at which point they were followed by four vehicles with passengers in two of those vehicles carrying semi-automatic rifles. When they reached their campground, they heard gunshots and noises that sounded like a buzzsaw. They decided to head back down the road to see what all the hubbub was about, and that's when they realized the group that was following them had cut down several trees to block the family from leaving. A group of high school students who were in the area called police and used their own chainsaws to clear the road because everyone's got a chainsaw in Washington state. The sheriff's office is conducting a criminal investigation. This is a quote. We are shocked and saddened by the encounter the family experienced on Wednesday. We have full confidence in our law enforcement community to investigate this matter. This is an isolated incident and does not represent the people of Forks. Just most of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is this is an extremely Washington State story. Um, that it is sure like is. Ground zero. Yeah, it's ground zero for like crazy white nationalist maniacs who absolutely <laughs> would chop down trees to block the road and prevent you from leaving someplace. Jesus Christ. Except the, the kind of white nationalist maniacs who are too good to live in Idaho. Because <laughs> that's where you really go. If you like want to get away, but yeah, this, this would be really fucking scary if it happened. Oh, it sounds like a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to see a lot more of this kind of shit going forward. The more Trump and William Barr talk up Antifa terrorists, which again, doesn't really exist, but this is the story we're going to hear for a long fucking time. I hope more good people with chainsaws are around to help out. (laughs) when the shit hits the fan a good good guy with a chainsaw better than a bad guy with a chainsaw all high school kids in america should start carrying chainsaws to uh 
fight off situations like this. Is that a requirement for schools in, in Washington State? A chainsaw? It's like a, a, calcu- a scientific calculator and a chainsaw. I mean, probably a gun, too. <laughs> a nice hunting rifle. But you're going to waste a lot of bullets trying to <laughs> clear the road by just shooting at those trees. <laughs> it's not a hurricane. Because if you mount that shotgun on a chainsaw somehow, then... <laughs> You're really getting shit done. That's true. Uh, yeah, speaking of Antifa, Trump on Twitter claimed that the 75-year-old protester who was pushed over in Utah is an Antifa super soldier. And what he was doing was actually using <laughs> some shadowy Antifa fucking equipment to block the communications of the police officers. Which, no, he wasn't. What the fuck? You know what? When I read that, the first thing I thought, all right, let's go with this for a minute. This old man has hobbled on up to the cops and used his nefarious comic book tool to cut out their radios. Was he just going to murder all the cops next? What was his game plan after that? That 75-year-old man against, I don't know, how many cops were there? Two dozen, three dozen? Oh, he was going to take them all out like Captain America in the elevator. He's <laughs> like, bah, 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 bah. It was, oh, was going to be violent and disgusting. Hail Hydra. <laughs> Trump is getting this idea from this insane news report, and I say that with all the all the heavy air quotes in the world on OANN which is One America News Network which is like Fox <laughs> News if they weren't even pretending to be fair it's Fox News if they've been keister and peyote yeah <laughs> yeah if he he's Trump is get, he's been leaning more towards them because they give him the version of reality he really would prefer which is the one where everything is everything is against him in every way and somehow Fox News doesn't meet that standard <laughs> yeah Fox News they've had I mean they've gone against Trump like six times in the past two years and that's enough for him yeah. like it's on to OANN and this OANN segment I want to play just a little bit of it because it does two things one as mentioned before it claims that this old man was using secret antifa technology to block the communications of the police which that 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 alone is crazy enough but this thing sounds like it is narrated by a literal russian propaganda machine there's a little bit at the beginning where it is an actual woman talking and then just get a load of this goddamn voice new reports find a protester pushed by buffalo police was appearing to use common antifa tactics one america's christian rose looks into the matter a new report finds the latest tensions at the Buffalo Police Department could be a result of a false flag provocation by Falev Group Antifa. According to the conservative There's no way that's Saturday, a real person. 75-year-old protester Martin Guccino, shoved by the Buffalo Police at last week's protest, is a well-known activist bragging on social media about far-left views. His detention last Thursday sparked outrage amid ongoing national unrest, resulting in resignations of dozens of Buffalo police officers. I am not your person. <laughs> yeah, leaning into the conspiracy theory is hard. 
And they even named that thing. They said his name was Christian Rose. I want to see Christian Rose's picture. Yevgeny <laughs> Rosevich. Oh, that was amazing. And for what it's worth, if you watch their version of the video, it looks like like they play it in this extreme slow motion. So you do see his hand in a device in that hand moving in front of the police officer's chests. But when you watch it at regular speed, he's just holding his phone. Like, and even in slow motion, at best, it looks like he's maybe like trying to document badge numbers because he has the phone really close to their chest. But no, he's just like got his hands up and he's got his phone in his hands. He's not holding any secret Antifa technology. And I actually looked into it. These There are devices out there that are capable of blocking and jamming communication signals and frequencies. But who in their right fucking mind would use one that requires you to walk right up to the fucking police to enable it. Those things work from like 15 and 20 feet away minimum. He's a really shitty spy is what it is. He's- he bought the cheap version on Amazon. <laughs> he got it on Wish, to be honest. He got his spy tech on Wish along with those x-ray glasses you get in a box of cereal in the 70s. It's like the jitterbug version of those phone jammer things. It's got a really big button and you have to be right in front of the thing, but it still works, Grandpa. And they're like, he'll never use it. And now this. Good job, kids. He, he was actually going to ask those younger uh, police officers how, how to use it. And they were going to, oh, God, they, then they would have been really in for it. It would have been a nightmare having to explain the, the radar jamming tech or whatever the fuck. Show me how to jam your radio, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Christian Rose will teach you nothing. <laughs> His device did not work. <laughs> also, oh, those God. if you did have a device like that and you took it to a protest and you turned it on, it would disable all the communication in the area. So also any protesters who were hoping to carry out any communications of any sort, it would also cut their communication. So it would be a very dumb thing to bring to a protest. So, Adam, um, you're, um, it sounds like you're suggesting there's holes in this story. Unless this old man is anti-Tifa. <laughs> and he's a whole different layer. He's going after everyone. <laughs> uh, what a dumb story. Antifa and the police are going to have to unite to fight this guy. He's going to come back even stronger as a result of his head injury. The man who was defeated with a light shove. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then all those cops, we already talked about it on Unpops this week, but all those fucking cops resigned out of solidarity because they can't violently hurl old men to the ground anymore. (laughs) Like, what a bunch of fucking heroes. And you wonder why everyone wants to defund the goddamn police. Are, are Are they suggesting, like seriously suggesting that we, it should be within our purview to shove old men to the ground until their heads bleed? Yeah. I think so. All right. Fair enough. Can't argue <laughs> against that. <laughs> hey, let's get to our next segment. Where in the world is Joe Biden? Where is Joe? Do you think even he knows? Take it away, Lewis. This week was so awful that Joe Biden just couldn't stay home any longer. 
For the first time in two months, Joe left his basement, where he's been holding virtual fundraisers when he isn't streaming Overwatch 17 hours a day. He emerged on Memorial Day to lay a wreath at a veteran's memorial. The mask he wore to protect himself against COVID made him the butt of jokes on conservative Twitter, where wearing a cloth mask to protect against a virus makes you weak, but wearing full riot armor to fight an unarmed American citizen protesting police brutality and racial injustice makes you strong. And that's exactly what this week's edition of Where Is Joe Biden is about. Not that George Floyd protests exactly, but how Biden's first meaningful appearances outside of his basement stand in stark contrast to Donald Trump's, I guess, entire existence? It's like when Joe gave a genuinely heartwarming speech shared across social media as America passed the threshold of 100,000 COVID-19 deaths. Joe said, To all of you who are hurting so badly, I'm sorry for your loss. I know there's nothing I or anyone else can say or do to dull the sharpness of the pain you feel right now. But I can promise you, from experience, the day will come when the memory of your loved one will bring a smile to your lips before it brings a tear to your eyes. Meanwhile, Donald Trump celebrated the deaths with a golf trip. Joe drew a line between he and Trump, defining himself as empathic and allowing Trump's natural instinct to be a selfish, sociopathic, gleefully cruel monster to speak for itself. Yet, even when Joe reminds us how low below the baseline of human decency Trump is, he still can't stop getting in his own way. For instance, a large crowd gathered outside of the White House when George Floyd was murdered by a police officer, sparking protests across the country. Trump, the coward that he is, literally turned off the lights and hid in the basement of the White House. After the world made fun of him for it, and then again when he claimed he was just going down there to inspect the basement, finally putting his degree in structural engineering to good use, he decided he was going to save face. He was going to show that he was a big, strong boy by walking to a nearby church that had been damaged in demonstrations the night before. He needed to clear the way of protesters first, and that meant firing tear gas into an entirely peaceful crowd. Once at the church, he emotionlessly held a Bible aloft without a hint of reverence for the tome, but more like someone who found it on a bench and was asking around if it belonged to anyone, because if not, he was going to hollow it out to hide his amphetamines in it. The president attacked his own citizens just for a photo op in front of a church that later condemned his actions. Black Lives Matter and a coalition of protesters are now suing Trump for unlawfully attacking a peaceful demonstration. To contrast this, Joe Biden visited a church in Delaware where he spoke and prayed with black community leaders. The New York Times reports that as they spoke, Biden not only listened from the front row, but took notes. He wasn't just there to lecture, he was there to learn. Now, there's always the possibility that he could have just been drawing a series of increasingly hairier dicks, but there's no evidence to support that theory at this time. The black community leaders flat out told Biden that they support him, but he needed to do more. And when it was Joe's turn to speak, he did exactly that. He quoted Kierkegaard, condemned the president as a man too egocentric to lead, promised to set up a police oversight body within the first hundred days in office, and suggested that cops should shoot people in the legs instead of the heart. Oh, God damn it, Joe. You were doing so well. Read the fucking room, man. Because the room is filled with black people who prefer to not get shot at all. It was an infuriating moment. But that's the Joe Biden experience distilled into a potent elixir that will get you fucked up quick. He's a guy who appears to be genuinely empathetic and seems to be in touch with his own humanity, but still holds on to outdated and sometimes dangerous ideas like they're the corpses keeping him afloat in a choppy sea. And he's running for president against Donald Trump, whose only redeeming quality is that he'll be dead one day. And that's what we have to look forward to in November. Where in the world is motherfucking Joe? Biden. Oh, and we're back. You were great. I was excellent. I was so good. Better and better every week. This was a good week for Joe Biden-ish. It was. And look, you heard it already, folks, <laughs> dear podcast listener. 
it, this is what we're going to have to deal with until November and potentially four to eight years after that. It's it's a series of okay steps that seems like he's improving, and then he just just stumbles stumbles all over his own dick so hard and so painfully. And all we're going to be able to do is kind of wince and say, "Yep, that's our guy. That's our that's our man, Joe." returning us to normalcy i'm just picturing like shoot him in the legs becoming like his version of lock him up where he's at a campaign rally and everyone in the crowd's just gonna be like shoot him in the legs shoot him in the legs they'll think they're all being very woke because at least you're not shooting them in the heart what a crazy fucking thing to say it's 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 insane. It's it's amazing. Now, one thing I will say, just to be fair, I saw a lot of people on 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 Twitter saying that he was talking about unarmed people. He it sounds that way if you're if you don't pay attention to what he says. He he begins the sentence by saying unarmed, and then he mumbles, "Well, what if they're like they're coming at you with a knife?" So he changes the scenario, his own scenario, mid sentence, and and renders it inaudible, so you can't tell that he's actually talking about someone with a weapon running at a cop. Not that that matters, <laughs> but there is a distinction to be made. <laughs> Shoot him in the legs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's yeah. His, his ability to get in his own way is unrivaled. Actually, no, a little bit rivaled by Hillary Clinton, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's impressive. It's probably his greatest uh, uh, attribute is ability to undercut himself when he's doing so goddamn well and making inroads in the black community and, and showing what it means to truly be a leader in these ridiculous times and then to completely render it all useless. Yeah. Mwah. Good job, Joe. Yeah. He did do a good job. I mean, it. he did a good thing by going to the site of the protests in Delaware and meeting with black leaders. That's something Trump obviously did not do. He just sent the military to meet with people on his behalf. <laughs> a meet and greet, shake hands, kiss babies. Make, make friends. Tear gas pregnant women, things like that. <laughs> so, yeah, Joe Biden, like, that was that was a good look at least. And it's a reminder, if nothing else, if there's no other benefit to Joe Biden, Democrats at least perform better under a crisis usually. But goddamn Republicans are bad in a crisis. It's not that they're bad. It's that they don't care. So it it comes off as bad. But really, it's just the most like the purest form of apathy you'll ever see. It's so intense. Their ability to not even show up. Like Trump's response was not to visit black leaders. It was, like you said, to just send the military out to beat people and and hit them with with tear gas canisters. Like that's your response in a crisis? I mean, to be fair, also, Democratic mayors were doing that shit all over the country as well. So it's not like it's happening uh, exclusively with Republicans. But it happens, I would argue, more with Republicans. And I think it's more of their knee-jerk reaction, uh, whereas Democratic responses tend to be more performatively empathetic, even though I don't want to cast it all as performative. There's probably some genuine feeling in there. But it's more about they understand the theatrics of, of showing that you care and showing that you're trying, at least. They're all going full Denethor from Lord of the Rings. When the shit hits the fan, you light your son and yourself on fire. It's the only <laughs> way out. <laughs> yeah, and the, the thing about you know Democratic government's handling 
things like this better. I say that all while living in Los Angeles, where the police protest or not are just the most violent. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the LAPD has been involved in political assassinations. Read up on Bobby Kennedy. (laughs) Like, the LAPD probably didn't kill Bobby Kennedy, but they also didn't care that Bobby Kennedy got killed on their watch, for sure. And... Like Garcetti has come out, Eric Garcetti, mayor of Los Angeles, has come out and said, oh, we're going to defund the police by $150 million. And granted, if I were given $150 million, it would change my life irrevocably, uh, especially in that this network would cease to exist overnight because (laughs) I refuse to do any work after I get that much money. But the LAPD's budget is like $3 billion. So that hundred and fifty million isn't shit. Do they have like a space laser or something? Why do why do you need three billion dollars? Oh, we have so much. We have so much. Like so much military equipment. Our surveillance state here is just off the charts. We've I think we talked about it on this podcast, the Palantir system, which just takes pictures of everything. Faces, license plates, whatever compiles it into a searchable database for the LAPD. Like they are so entrenched in Los Angeles, like in every way. And I don't know if people get that when people say defund the police, they don't mean abolish the police. Some people do mean abolish the police and Hey, let's talk about that too. But defund the police just means like, stop calling the police for everything. Like the police aren't equipped to handle every crisis. They're cops. Like, they want to fight. You don't send them to deal with a mental health crisis. Yeah, there's a really good book right now, actually, that you can get for free, I think, if the ebook version of it on the publisher's website. It's called The End of Policing. Um, I forget the author's name, Alex S. something or other, but just Google The End of Policing. And uh, it's basically just all about that specific idea of how the police all across the country are wildly overfunded and uh, at while all the money that gets funneled to them gets cut from all of these other programs that could basically help communities like especially poor communities where there's a lot of crime it can help prevent crime by infusing these neighborhoods with money and opportunity and places to turn when things get desperate Um, but that money's been funneled out and given to cops so the first response is always send a cop to do something and it, it, it goes from everything from just like like you said something like a check-in on a, somebody with a mental health issue to like literally dog catchers like cops have been reduced in some places i think in houston or something like that in some cases dogs have been chasing i mean cops have been chasing wild dogs um and it's not in their purview but you know you shouldn't be sending out someone with who has essentially been given uh, domestic military training and someone who has a gun and has been trained to choke somebody out, you shouldn't send them to do everything. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's a really fascinating book. It's really interesting. Uh, I recommend buying it cause it's the perfect, perfect read for right now. I will check that out. Uh, let's get back to the, the bunker visit because that came up in your segment. Trump and William Barr seem to vehemently disagree on the purpose of that bunker visit. Uh, William Barr says it was 100% for Trump's safety. And Trump says he was just down there inspecting it. Just decided we'd go in the basement, turn all the lights out in the White House. You know how it goes. Sentence I thought I'd never say. I believe William Barr. Yeah. 
100 yeah. percent believe William Barr, unless Donald Trump has like a projector and like he like <laughs> watches football games, or maybe he plays like old school Halo Two death matches on there or something. Then maybe I'd believe it, but I don't think he does that. I think I lean toward he's a coward who hid from his own citizens. President diaper baby. Uh, that's what went on. <laughs> yeah, like how crazy would it have been if they did storm the White House? Ooh. That would have been exciting to watch. That's a, that's a thrilling night of television. Remember <laughs> that video when the bird flaps its wings on the desk next to him? <laughs> you can you can basically see him shit his own pants. Yeah, yeah that was that bird taking his shot. You're a hero, bird. Yeah, the I was watching. I mentioned this on on Unpops this week. I was watching the. DC protests live on TV when Trump decided to send the military after them so he could clear the way for his photo op. And the exact moment the military started moving on those protesters, I got one of those emergency alerts on my phone and I was sure it was going to say uh, national martial law starting right now. For a little bit, there was that genuine fear that there was going to be martial law instilled. I mean, there was like like a good twelve hours where we were all like wondering, did he just say we're under martial law? Because of course he never says anything clear because he never has approval to do so. He just says things. So we're, we there was a weird moment where we weren't sure if we were under an official police state or not. Yeah, and I feel like the curfews we were under were mostly just a means to put down protests because the the looting like that was like one night and those curfews carried on for like a fucking week so i think we were just uh as a nation looking for a means to arrest protesters and get them in some kind of system or database that we can use to track them going forward especially with coronavirus still being a thing i still 100 percent believe that at some point there will be states who come out and go, all right, well, these protests led to coronavirus outbreaks. And now if you were at one, you have to quarantine for the next 14 days. And people who break those quarantines, I think, will be arrested for spreading coronavirus. Honestly, not that far-fetched. Not far-fetched at all. Yeah. So let's get to our next segment, which is still kind of on the same subject. Oh, man. Lewis. 40. Guess what? What, Adam? Trump is still our president. No. Uh, yeah, I checked this morning. The bad man? Yeah, when I got up, I checked, I hit the internet. Only time I've been on the internet today to see if Trump was still president. And it turns out he still fucking is. And you Googled who is president. I did. I did. And you wept. And it said <laughs> Donald J. Trump. The J stands for. Jose, as we all know. <laughs> uh, Trump- Latino brethren. <laughs> exactly. Trump wanted to deploy 10,000 troops to D.C. to put down these protests. Here's why I sort of wish he would have done it, because I think he would have had a military revolt on his hands. I think he might have been forcibly removed from office by the military if he ordered them to do that. I I feel like you're right, but it took convincing from some military friends of mine who like I was in a panic on the wonderful cesspit of Facebook. Like, I I, I don't know if this guy is, is this the kind of guy who would leave office if if 
he loses that kind of general question that gets brought up a lot would he leave office and some friends of mine who are in the military and they assured me that no like they a lot of these assholes may seem pretty extreme and uh, pretty on his side but when it comes down to it they know where their allegiances lie and when something is as clear cut as as that as attack citizens or i'm not going to leave the white house they know what to do and that made me feel better yeah i've always kind like People get weirded out when I say that, like I'm like I'm saying something wrong. But yeah, if Trump refuses to leave office, that's then you send in the military. Like that's not me saying I want the president attacked by the military. I'm saying that's what a fucking country that is following its constitution does. If someone has been voted out of office and doesn't leave, you send in the fucking military. The only question I saw this brought up in an article about whether Trump would leave office is what would the secret service do if the military came in to try and remove Trump? I've thought of that same thing. I wondered that. Would they let Trump be taken by the military or would we see a really cool war between the military and the secret service? I don't, I don't think the secret service wins that. Oh, Gerard Butler is pretty, pretty good in those movies. Ah, Shit. They do have Jerry on their side. I actually like those movies. They're fun. They're so stupid. <laughs> they really are. And like, why do you keep hiring that guy? <laughs> the worst things happen every time he's on board. Yeah, Trump <laughs> wanted to deploy troops to D.C. <laughs> Ten fucking thousand of them. Tanks, guns, fatigues, the whole goddamn thing. That would have been a sight to see. Like, just seeing him clear protesters so he could go take a picture with a fucking Bible that I'm surprised didn't burn his goddamn hand when he touched it. Like the people at that church were so fucking angry about that. Most of them were interviewed on CNN later and they were like, fuck that guy. I'm paraphrasing, but people were unhappy. But I think the more important Donald Trump news is, you know, checks and balances hopefully are the thing that are going to save us from his, his craziest ideas. Uh, So it's comforting to know that Democrats just introduced legislation to prevent Trump from stopping hurricanes with nuclear weapons. Oh, finally. (laughs) Finally. Back in August, he reportedly asked national security officials to consider using nuclear bombs to weaken or destroy hurricanes. He denied that claim in a tweet shortly after the story broke, but apparently... No one believed that he was joking. Case in point, this week, Sylvia Garcia, Democratic representative for Texas, introduced the Climate Change and Hurricane Correlation and Strategy Act, a bill that explicitly prohibits the president, along with any other federal agency or official, from employing a nuclear bomb or other strategic weapon with the goal of altering weather patterns or addressing climate change. And the thing about it, It sounds like this is her just filing a a frivolous bill to stick it to the president. But here's a quote from Sylvia Garcia. When I heard our president suggest that we needed to launch a nuclear weapon to disrupt a hurricane, my first thought was that's a really dumb idea. When we did the research, we found that others have thought of that idea before. And it turns out she's right. The U.S. has been looking into this shit since like the 1940s, like almost as soon as we had nuclear weapons. And we actually at one point set off a bunch of nuclear weapons in 
a hundred miles above Earth to try and generate a a band of radiation in the Earth's atmosphere. For what? I have no idea. Maybe to stop global warming. Maybe that was our last chance. Or to create a Godzilla. Right, right. Just set the atmosphere on fire. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my favorite detail of the development of the nuclear weapon, is that the first time we set one off, a, a good portion of scientists involved were like, this might set the sky on fire forever. <laughs> and we we're like, mm, let's, let's try it. Let's just so you're see. saying we should make a billion of them? Yeah. Sky fire. Sounds nice. Fuck you, <laughs> winter. Next Bond movie. So we signed a treaty in 1963 that bans atmospheric testing of nuclear weapons. But what Trump is proposing would not be banned under that treaty because this would be him responding to an actual threat. So this legislation is actually uh, kind of needed, even though it's never going to pass. It is amazing to me that we're with him, we're realizing how much you have to baby-proof the presidency. Like, you have to plug every outlet and make sure they can't reach the things. Oh, no, Trump's wandering toward the outlet with a fork again. And it's like, how many times has he suggested using nuclear weapons for shit just since he's been president? And I think only one of them was for war stuff. <laughs> like i'm surprised how many times do you think he suggested that on the protesters let's just nuke them that wouldn't surprise me one bit just nuke california he would love it oh he would love to nuke california uh so so yeah we're we're safe from the threat of nuclear detonations above hurricanes i don't know if anyone had been worried about that and we're actually not safe this law isn't going to pass just one person was like hey should we stop him from doing that and everyone else was like nah they're all pretty sure he's not that stupid smash cut yep <laughs> smash cut to trump with a shoulder launched nuclear weapon standing <laughs> on a beach in florida for another photo op about to fire at an oncoming hurricane god damn it what if it worked oh i'd be so mad oh just broke up right then and there, right on the satellite view on the local news. Oh, my God. We'd be furious. <laughs> he just T-shirt cannons hydroxychloroquine into it. It fucking stops. God damn it. Rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> oh, this motherfucker. All right. Let's get to our next segment. Hey. This is a segment we call What in the World? where we talk about international news and politics, as you can tell from the music playing in the background. Thank you very much. Uh, I also forgot that I can't fade these things out. So, uh, hey, fade it out, Brett. Thanks. That'll sound like a fade in the final edit. Professional operation here. It's all smoke and mirrors. Hey, bad news. The statue of England's favorite slave trader has been torn down by anti-racist protesters in england statue of edward colston beloved slave trader in england i'm sure they like him for other stuff too <laughs> torn down during an anti-racism protest in the town of bristol naturally the british government came out in support of the protesters because england and europe in general just so much more progressive than the United States. Also, just joking, the Secretary of State for the Home Department, Preeti Patel, called the protesters criminal thugs in a public statement and vowed that they would face justice 
Let's give it a listen. To the police who have been subject to the most dreadful abuse, you have my full backing as you act proportionately, fairly and courageously to maintain law and order. And to the criminal minority who have subverted this cause with their thuggery, I simply say this, your behaviour is shameful and you will face justice. This government understands the importance of the right to protest. In normal circumstances, a large and peaceful protest would not be of concern to the authorities. But as our nation battles coronavirus, these are not normal circumstances. So to protect us all and to stop the spread of this deadly disease, any large gatherings of people are currently unlawful. We cannot afford to forget that we are still in the grip of an unprecedented national health emergency that has tragically claimed over 40,000 lives. So the severe public health risk forces me to continue to urge the public not to attend future protests. The government's scientific and medically-led advice remains clear and consistent. No matter how important the cause, protesting in large numbers at this exceptional time is illegal, and doing so puts everyone's lives at risk. So, not only is she really upset that that slave trader got his statue thrown in the Thames, but also basically said any future protests are unlawful, which as we speak, there is another protest happening in England right now uh, in Oxford to have the statue of Cecil Rhodes removed. Turns out the guy behind the Rhodes Scholar, huge racist also. Shocking. Yeah. You mean a guy from uh, hundreds of years ago wasn't dick? I'm guessing hundreds. I don't know how how long ago this was. Yeah, I think like 1800s, something like that. 40, when when was Cecil Rhodes active? Come on. 1972. (laughs) still colonizing south africa in 1972 no wonder people hate him total dick yeah he was there's been a movement called roads must fall that started in south africa a few years ago that fought to have statues of cecil Rhodes removed there it's since expanded to other countries in the u.s harvard law students started a similar movement called royale must fall that sought to retire the Harvard Law School shield because it includes the coat of arms of Isaac Royale Jr. The Royale family has a history of owning slaves. I think not only should all of these statues and uh, buildings that are named after these people come down, I think these are the people who should be paying reparations. Like, if you are still rich because of an endeavor that started under slavery and was built on the backs of slavery and oppressed people and you're still fucking rolling in it now you gotta give some of that money up Mm -hmm. you you you, your family literally was responsible for hundreds of years of misery of an entire race at at least we should tax you a little bit more or just sign over a check i think it's fair yeah it stands to reason like who else like that, especially if you're talking generational wealth, you got to give some of that up. You can't, and I mean, that's obviously going to hit probably every rich family in this country. But at the same time, fuck them. You shouldn't have got rich off slavery. Genealogy tests all around for all the, the rich white folk. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Let's start invading rich people's privacy for a change. <laughs> Why is it just poor people? So, uh, yeah, the British government, not that cool. England is, like, going to explode soon. 
Like it's such a tense situation there. Like we we talk about Brexit all the time and I don't think a lot of people in the United States understand fully what Brexit is or how rooted in fucking racism it is. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the people who got rallied around supporting Brexit, like their main concern was that Muslim people seeking asylum can fucking come to England. Like they were taking on the my, the lion's share of people seeking asylum. And that's why they wanted to leave the European Union. There's all kinds of other financial things wrapped around it and it's cloaked and all this other shit. But it's really just them wanting to shut down their borders to brown people and black people. If you can believe that. Man, it's so passe to be racist against only muslims at this point like you gotta you gotta hate everybody that's that's yeah. the american way right now we're, we're just we're it's a black people at this point you're roping in we got uh latinos in, in cages england be better hate everybody hate everybody then nobody's mad if we're all hated then nobody's hated mm-hmm. i think that's how the science behind it works Yeah, England has this especially crazy migration scandal happening right now. Uh, The the people involved are called the Windrush generation, and they're mostly black people who came from like the Caribbean, I believe, after, I'm sure I'm getting all the facts wrong, but I believe it was after World War II to help England rebuild. And at some point in the 70s, the government was like, all right, you're all citizens now. Don't worry about any documentation, though. Like, we said you're citizens, so obviously you're citizens. And now cut to this racist fucking point in history now, and all of these people from the Windrush generation are getting caught up in all this anti-immigrant shit that's happening in the UK, and they'll get approached by police in the UK about their citizenship papers, and they don't have any. Because the government never issued any. So they're fucking getting deported, even though they've been citizens since the fucking 70s. It's goddamn crazy over there. Always get it in writing. Exactly. Especially something like that. Especially a promise from a white person. Get it in writing. (laughs) Yeah. No shit. Get that engraved in stone. All right. Let's get to our last segment, which we call... Sacrifice to the elites of the week. 40. Yes. Take it away. This has been obviously a pretty big week for the uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And that means a lot of tone deaf posturing has to occur from celebrities and corporations who don't want to feel like they've been left out. And the, the first one that I thought was especially nice was Chevron. Everyone loves Chevron. You know, it's hard to even think of anything that they've done wrong in history. Chevron. Yeah historically good chevron go on yeah. so they they vocalize their support on twitter which is where support gets vocalized for black lives matter by letting us know that racism has no place in america and they may believe that um, because their racism was mostly in nigeria as opposed to america where they supplied helicopters and whatnot to kill nigerians to protect their oil rigs and they even paid the people who killed them after they invoiced for the murder after it happened God bless you, uh, Chevron. They invoiced for the murder? Uh, murders. I guess it was a few dozen people, but uh, oh, of course. they got invoiced $109.25 a day by uh, the Nigerian soldiers who were guarding the oil rigs and killed several people and lit their fires, or homes on fire, sorry. Yeah, there's so many 
like Coke, if that company ever comes out and says anything about racism, it's like, man, you pay people to murder union organizers in Latin America. <laughs> Don't you say a fucking word. But it seems like they haven't this time. Yeah. I feel like if you went through Twitter, you probably would find it. It seems like everyone's hopping on board. The, the NFL has been all over it. And of, of all the organizations in America at this point in time to decide to take a stand uh, on this issue, maybe the NFL was the one that should have not with you know their historical stance from the last several years with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and whatnot. Um, so it just seems kind of like Roger Goodell is all about licking boots right now just because it's public opinion is swaying in the direction that's far from his past stance. If I were to be cynical, that might be what I would think is going on. Yeah, their Twitter statement should have just been, my bad, you right. <laughs> Simple to the point. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you take into account that like these protests like in the in the limited instances where they've gotten violent like the same people who are like mm, violence doesn't solve anything those are the same motherfuckers who were mad when colin kaepernick was protesting by taking a knee and it's like well what do you want like it doesn't get any more peaceful than kneeling during the national anthem a protest that was suggested by an ex-green beret by the way, who was just interviewed on First Take this morning. So, like, the NFL of all outlets, yeah, they should have just said nothing at this point or just been like, yeah, we fucked up. We super-duper fucked up. Yeah, it's almost like these people don't want to hear black people complain about anything. I don't think they want any kind of uh, 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 speaking out at all. I don't know. That's just my theory. It's controversial. Mm, Crazy. I stand here. Might get canceled for it. What did Ellen say? Oh, yes. Slightly less important than, than what the people actually affected by racism have to say or what celebrities have to say. Uh, Ellen, <laughs> Ellen, oh, Ellen. She has to say something, I guess, because she's Ellen. But and I just, just one sentence. She had a whole statement. And when you try to get to the end of reading it, your brain kind of goes mushy. But sure. the, standout, the standout statement, the sentence is, for things to change, things must change. <laughs> which I think is exceptionally profound. <laughs> and it really hits the nail on the head. I think she might have just solved racism right there. She should get that tattooed on her bicep. <laughs> she would have been better served dancing her message. <laughs> I think it would have come across a lot better. Just yeah. doing the electric slide with the National Guard in Atlanta. <laughs> hey, what's Ellen doing here? She does it, like to dance. It's so in indicative of that that whole idea. Like, I don't get why you need to say something if you legitimately can't say something there's no that doesn't mean shit why did you even bother you just have to be included you have to have your two cents in there even if you don't actually have two pennies to toss into the bowl i don't understand why that's necessary but <laughs> as protests break out across the nation and a nation turns to ellen degeneres <laughs> <laughs> she seems like she has her finger on the pulse <laughs> like honestly the best statement any of these really fucking rich companies or celebrities could make is fucking make a donation and post the receipt on Twitter if you need adulation for it. But fucking donate. Like the, the groups fighting this shit need money. She's got a Rolex collection. <laughs> donate that. Be on the right side of history. Speaking of the right side of history, I loved that the Washington Redskins spoke out against racism. Yeah, that was a nice that was a nice one. Uh, that individual teams hopped on the bandwagon, but the Redskins especially 
um, voicing their opinion that racism is not something that they stand for. Um, I, I came to find out about this when I saw it retweeted by a Native American who was just as surprised, and I would say even more surprised than I was, to hear their opinion on racism, <laughs> given their historically not racially sensitive name that they refuse to change no matter what. Yeah, the best part of that was, at by that point, you knew one of those uh, messages of support for Black Lives Matter before you even read it, because it was always, the, it was the black background with like the white lettering, it was very serious, it was like taking a moment to really, let's get let's get down to business and, and really address this issue. So, you recognize the iconography of that. So, when you saw it pop up on your Twitter timeline with the Redskins name on top, you didn't even have to read it to recognize how loaded with shit that was. <laughs> it was like seeing a stop sign. You don't read the word stop. You just know it's a fucking stop sign. Uh, who the fuck is Olivia Holt? Yeah, this I, I threw this in because it was probably my favorite story, even though Olivia Holt is not that well known compared to Ellen or the NFL. Uh, she's on a show called Cloak and Dagger. It's one of those Marvel shows. And she's... Uh, She's sharing a story. I'll, I'll just read what, what she said. I walked into my kitchen this morning and looked at my fridge. A few months after I moved into my house, I found this sticker in a bag. And instead of throwing the sticker away, I threw it up on my fridge because this is not just a sticker. The sticker she's speaking of is a sticker that says Black Lives Matter. So that's her story. She didn't throw that sticker in the garbage. <laughs> she put it on her fridge. So Black America, you can say thank you now. To Olivia Holt. Oh, I can't wait for the, 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 the film dramatization of this era. And that moment is portrayed by whatever the, the finest actress of the day is. And uh, we all just shed a tear at the, the poignancy of putting a sticker on a fridge. Yeah. Time moves so fast in terms of news these days. I didn't even think to include in the notes the blackout on social media that happened the day after Trump sent the military after protesters. Like, I don't know whose idea that was, but that was an impressive psyop to say the least to just get, cause you know, white America loves posting the same goddamn image out of solidarity for something that's happening and then doing nothing after that. And in this case, it was the day after the government got its absolute absolute most violent toward protesters we decide oh this would be a good day to not say anything on social media also just uh, post a black square and tag it with black lives matter and what happened is if you went to the hashtag black lives matter which is usually used to disseminate information about black lives matter you just got a bunch of fucking white people posting a black square no matter how far you scroll just black squares for miles and miles and miles it is like the utter futility of of social media protest, uh, like per, like perfectly encapsulated. I, I feel like I saw a few of those, but I think more than that, I saw a lot of people going, "Hey, should we be doing this? Should, hey, guys, is this smart? Should we be not talking right now?" Yeah, people caught on pretty quick that it was a very bad idea, and I do like that K-pop fans have adopted that same tactic and are going after hashtags like all lives matter and white lives matter and just spamming them with k-pop videos <laughs> so great yeah k-pop fans do not fuck around is the thing uh they are militant and they are fucking mobilized and i i've 
Honestly, I think I really do believe the DNC should somehow tap into them and get them on their side because they have a, a, an ability to push messaging the way like Russian uh, disinformation campaigns aren't nearly as good as K-pop stands, man. Yeah. I mean, what could it hurt at this point? We need someone powerful on our side. Who's <laughs> <laughs> got the most power these days? K-pop fans. K-pop fans. Hell yeah. So I think that's our episode do we have anything to plug this seems like such a weird time to plug shit uh donate to black lives matter there is a a post uh, the last two unpopular opinion episodes if you go to unpops.com the posts for those episodes have a lot of links and resources to where you can donate and help the fight against police terrorism uh well lewis do you have anything to plug uh eh Whatever. You listen to past episodes for it. Just, you know, Black Lives Matter, trans rights, all that stuff that should be normal nowadays, but somehow fucking isn't. <laughs> 40. Plug Tim Hortons. Uh, Tim Horton was actually a, a spouse abuser, so I'm not going to plug <laughs> Tim Horton. But I will say, uh, I will plug not being a shitty human being. Everyone should get on board with that. That would be nice. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Lewis, say goodbye later everybody 40 say goodbye 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 everybody we love you